he had a, he was a man of deep faith, and uh, he said, "I'm going to the kingdom." And to greet death with such joy, and to have the faith that not only animated his death, his approach to death, but animated his life. And he was a man who worked in Honduras a lot, who helped with domestic violence, who was a youth counselor, uh, a, a life of selfless giving. And so, a lot of us who have our name and talk into microphones a lot, we don't have that. Yeah. I certainly don't have that. And so, how do you get that? Yeah. And, and uh, so, you see examples like that, and you think, you know, what do I have to cut loose to get that? Because that would be wonderful. And so, that's, you know... That, but that's, you've spoken to that idea in other places. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's been a lifelong passion, but frankly, writing a book about it, um, or reading a bunch of books about it, doesn't get you there. Talking to someone who've lived it gets yeah, you there. Or actually, or living, hard you know, my joke is buying books that get about it, like my book. <laughs> that gets you there. But, uh, but, uh, but no, you've got you've to get there with the direct contact with the people in need. Or you, you've got to have an emotional connection. And a lot of us in middle age um, hopefully become emotionally more open and, frankly, more feminine. Uh, and so you got to you got to be as a you got to the radical leap has to be in the realm of emotional vulnerability, which is um, lived out day to day. And part of this comes from the fact that you know that you have the skills of life, in a sense. I mean that you have skills that you can, as you say, you have a certain level of achievement and comfort. Yeah. You know. And and I th- you know Carl Jung said you know the first half of life is building the outside world. The second half should be finding generativity, finding a cause, finding. Uh, something, but I think also a lot of us, you know, we a lot of us move, get more emotionally equipped. Uh, certainly, I was an emotional idiot for, for large parts of my life, <laughs> and then you work on it, and you try to get you try to, you, to widen your repertoire of emotions with by having better relationships, by listening to music, by reading literature, and suddenly you're you're more emotionally sensitive to people, and you're hopefully braver and willing to be more vulnerable. You're willing to slow down. Uh, which is something challenging for me. Um, but out of that, I think, comes a rest. There's a guy named Joseph Piper who said, leisure is not playing golf. It's having your mind go slowly enough so that the world can be invited into you. Mm-hmm. And getting your brain slowed down enough at the right pace uh, uh, is a challenge. It, it reminds me of a friend who didn't tell me this, but he told another friend that as he was approaching death, he said, within days, you know, he said, if I had longer time, I would do nothing. Yeah. And the do nothing is when you are bringing all that in. You're exposing yourself to all that yeah. is there. And doing nothing is not having a schedule, uh, an ambition. It is. Right. And, I mean, inner formation doesn't always look like outer formation. Yeah. Uh, and so, but, it, you know... The, my last book was based on this distinction between the resume and the eulogy virtues. The resume is what makes you good at your job. The eulogy that oh, yeah. is what they say about you after you're dead. And we all want to be good at the eulogy virtues, to be honorable and honest and courageous and capable of great love. But how you get there is is sometimes a matter of passivity. Uh, another piece of writing I just came across was Abraham Joshua Heschel on the Sabbath, on taking a day off. And he said, the Sabbath is a palace in time. And you don't live, you don't have the Sabbath, you don't take a day off so you can be more efficient at work. Yeah. You work so you can climax your week at the Sabbath. And it's done through abstentions by denying yourself things uh, and, and by saying no to things. And that is an invitation for other things to pop up. Is this part of the conversation with the students at Yale? 
Uh, a bit. Uh, my, my class is about uh, commitment making. Um, my view is now, my last book was too individualistic. I got some things wrong about inner life. And the, the characters in my book who I really admired, uh, Dwight Eisenhower, Dorothy Day, Francis Perkins, were able to make awesome commitments to things outside themselves. And so the ability to make long-term commitments to things strikes me as the key to a good life. And the, the argument is, of my class is that you make four big commitments in life, to a spouse and a family, to a vocation, to a philosophy or faith, and to a community. And how well you make and live out those commitments will determine the quality of your life. And so it's about how you make these long-term commitments to things, whether it's a partner or whether it's a faith and or philosophy. And that's an ongoing learning process. Yeah, well, the, yeah, to me, a commitment is falling in love with something and then building a structure of behavior around it for those moments when love falters. And because we all, you know, you can't think yourself into a commitment to who to marry.